Speaking for Pastor Henry Harder and the Renewal Singers, I welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. I'm Ed Peters. We return today to verse 42 of Luke chapter 2. We began looking at this verse on our previous study, noting the first of the four marks for identifying a real church. The first thing that Luke mentions is that they continued steadfast in the Apostles' doctrine. Now, today, we will focus on the other three identifying marks, which are fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. Here, once again, is verse 42, and Luke writes as follows. And they attended constantly to the apostles' instructions and to the fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. You are the strength in my life You are my hope and 
The apostles' teaching included all that Jesus himself taught, especially the gospel, which was centered in his death, burial, and resurrection. It was a unique teaching in that it came from God and was clothed with the authority conferred on the apostles. Today, it is available in the books of the New Testament. The fellowship mentioned by Luke is the corporate fellowship of believers in worship, breaking of bread, although this phrase is used of an ordinary meal in verse 46, the Lord's Supper seems to be indicated here. Then the fourth thing mentioned here by Luke is prayer. The book of Acts emphasizes the importance of prayer in the Christian life, private as well as public. Now here to bring us today's study is Pastor Henry Harder. The Church of Jesus Christ is born. The account of that birth is given by Luke, a physician and a historian, in the second chapter of the Acts of the Apostles. A new group came into being. They believed in Jesus, they were baptized, and they joined together. Now what did they do? Immediately the record states that they met. We discover later that they met often, sometimes daily. What did they do in their meetings? This is important for us to discover. Perhaps later churches could use their meetings as a pattern. Luke tells us that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. The apostles taught Christ and the scriptures. I spoke about that yesterday. That was their number one focus. These new believers were taught and they studied Christ and the scriptures. That must be at the top of every church's agenda. Nothing else should top that. The truth of Christ is in the scriptures and that truth is objective. It's interesting that Luke, at the Holy Spirit's direction, focuses on objective truth first. It's very easy for a church to become subjective and experiential. But subjective experience can be programmed, not so objective truth. So first and foremost, the church must be grounded in objective truth, truth outside itself, truth that cannot be tampered with or changed. That truth is the word of God, the scriptures. These new believers met first for the study of what the apostles had taught, namely Christ and the scriptures. That is foundational. That is basic. That would keep things on course. That gave this new group a sense of center. Upon that, the church could build. So it is most important that we retain the order reported by Luke here. First is the teaching and the study of Christ and the scriptures. Then... The Holy Spirit allowed for more subjective expression because the second point in the agenda of those early church meetings was fellowship. The Greek word is koinonia, but that word has the definite article in front of it. Luke writes, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship. This suggests that there must have been something distinctive about these early believers. They were the fellowship, not just a fellowship. It seems to me that it is wrong to suggest that this group was considered just another Jewish sect. This was not just another Jewish sect among the many others within Judaism. Evidently, this was recognizable. 
they were distinctive. They held firmly to Jesus as both Christ and living Lord. That made them distinctive. That set them apart. They were the fellowship. Now, the way they practiced fellowship is interesting. Luke mentions two ways. He defines fellowship. It was far more than just sharing either goods or experiences. Fellowship was practiced by the breaking of bread and prayer. There was to be an evidence of fundamental unity in the body of Christ, and that would be demonstrated by fellowship. These people had come from many parts of the Mediterranean world, yet in Christ they were all one. In the years to come, the body of Christ would be made up of many more different races and groups. Yet there is an amazing unity in Christ. Christ is the common factor. Each Christian possesses his life. That makes all one family. So these early believers practiced fellowship by the breaking of bread. This was likely not just eating together. It must have been more than that. Since it is mentioned together with prayer, it probably had sacramental significance. This was what was later called the Lord's Supper or communion. If this were just a fellowship meal, then why did Luke refer to it as breaking of bread? Breaking the bread was the initial act of any meal and was a trivial act. Why should it be mentioned here? The reason is clear. The broken bread symbolized the broken body of the Lord Jesus on the cross and in the tomb. Christ's body was broken in death for our sins. No doubt these earliest experiences of the Lord's Supper were performed within the context of a love meal. Having the Lord's Supper together, a group of believers are enjoying perhaps the most significant and unifying way of having fellowship. The second part of fellowship was prayer. Luke also puts the definite article, the, before this word, prayer. Furthermore, the word prayer is plural, it's prayers. So, the prayers. Evidently, the early church immediately met for corporate prayer. They had also done this right after Jesus ascended. In chapter 1, Luke lists the disciples who came to the upper room after Jesus' disappearance, and he writes, they all joined together constantly in prayer. The disciples knew what corporate prayer was from the formal times for prayer in the temple. But these times of prayer, which they now enjoyed, had the added significance of putting Jesus Christ, the Messiah and Savior of the world, at the center. So Luke gives us 20th century churches a good pattern to follow. These early Christians met, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, that is, to the breaking of bread and to prayer, with Jesus Christ always the focal point of every meeting.
What's New is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.